my lovely listeners, and welcome to Is That A Dog Hair In My Tea? My name is Colin Taylor, and today it's just me, I'm afraid, no guests. And we are talking qualifications and people that have been in the industry for a long time and people that are asking questions whether they should be qualified or not. So sit back, relax, enjoy. How's everybody doing? Colin Taylor here. Oh, is that lovely? Sounds so pretty. It's midday, um, with why well, I say mid afternoon, start of the afternoon here on a Sunday in Froome, Somerset. I'm looking out my office window. It's a beautiful day. We woke up today, walked jigsaw in the woods because we live like four miles from Longley, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful day to go for a walk. Anyway, so I am here to talk about. Um, qualifications, I'm not going to get too much into it and um, say that people should be qualified and all this kind of stuff, but I'm here to encourage people and let's see how we go from there because you know what, it is a really good way to make yourself feel better about what you do and it does set yourself apart from many people. Anyway, but there was a little bit of a kerfuffle on Facebook um now the groomer spotlight i am a member of and i've been a member of it for i think maybe a couple of years now actually i've been a member ever since it's been around so i'm not too sure how long that has been anyway so the groomer spotlight members they did a picture of themselves holding up a piece of paper what says my job my duty or our job our duty whatever you wanted to put and it had like a template post and the post read like this Dog grooming is a skilled profession and it is essential that we are seen as such, especially as we are unregulated. It's not a profession that will turn a quick quid, meaning money, with no training. Use a qualified professional. So, first of all, the Groomer Spotlight is a, um, a website that people, the general public, can go on to, <clears throat> excuse me, and they can look in their area and see if any groomers come up in the area that are on the groomer spotlight, that states, but they have done their qualifications, gone to school, blah de blah de blah. Okay, it's very very simple. The groomer spotlight was put together because it is to stop not or put down unqualified groomers, which means groomers that have been grooming for many many years that have don't have any qualifications. Because there are many out there, and I know many as friends. I mean, it's terrible. It's like saying, oh, I got, a, you know, a, a gay friend or whatever like that. I know lots and lots of unqualified, if you want to say that word. And I don't like that word. So I'm going to say I know a lot of people that have been grooming for many years, have a lot of experience that have chosen not yet to do their qualifications. So this is the groomer spotlight was put together so purely people can shout from the rooftops about what they have achieved now and also don't forget it is for um people to understand that you know what joe blow could walk past a grooming salon who has no qualifications doesn't have a job looks in um or maybe has their own dog groomed and says you know what i'm going to give that a go and they give it a go and the next thing you know joe blows opened up a grooming salon down the road calls joe blows grooming and they are undercutting you by 15 quid because it was never their passion to begin with, and they are just doing it because they figured, I'll give it a go. That is what the Groomer Spotlight is about. It is so, you know what, you can set yourself apart from the people 
that just groom a dog on a picnic bench with a pair of old clippers and a pair of rusty scissors and so on and so forth. Okay, now, I got a lot of flack for putting this post up because in the post, I'm holding up a picture. My hair looks fabulous, by the way, in this picture. My job, my duty, with the template, and I got lots and lots of people disagreeing. Now, first of all, I want to say this. It's okay to, to disagree with me. I love it when people challenge me. It's not a challenge, it's about people having an opinion, and everybody is welcome to their opinion. But I think the problem is when you write something or when I write something or when anybody writes something on social media, people can read it and, you know, take whatever they want from it. And sometimes, unless you put a kiss behind it or a smiley face or whatever it may be, people can get very, very offensive. And let me tell you something, guys, I am not, not putting down people they do not have a city and guilds qualification because once again, I know many, 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 many people who have been grooming for many, 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 many years and who are incredible groomers and who compete. And you know what? I would snap them up in a heartbeat if they were looking for a job and I had a grooming salon. But this is about also people, you know, and I made a comment about quit being so English. And what I meant by that is, you know what? I lived in America for close to 20 years. And in America, it is all about letting people know how good you are. And that may come across a little bit obnoxious. I know when I moved back to England, a lot of English groomers thought I was pretty obnoxious because I had that American attitude where I'm going to tell everybody how good I am. However, it's not an English thing to do, is it? But the groomer spotlight is there for people to put on their profiles exactly who they are, what they have won, what their shop's all about, how many qualifications they've got, and along with that, how many competitions they've competed in. And you know what? More power to them. We should be celebrating the fact that people are going out of their way to become qualified. Now, let's go back two years when there was mainly only city and guilds and then ICMG was coming into the picture. And these are two exams which do involve a written test. Now that did put a lot of people off because it involved a written test. And believe me, guys, I get you because I am dyslexic. I hate to read. When I did my driver's test, when I moved back to England, I was having a shit fit because I was panicking. I get it. People do have issues with reading. They have a problem with um, exams, they get nervous, they have anxiety, whatever it may be. However, there is now OCN, okay? OCN is more of a qualification where you can kind of get your exams done without you necessarily knowing about it or thinking, oh my God, I got an exam tomorrow morning. It's a very gentle way of, of getting your qualifications. And when you have your OCN, then... You can go on to, if you want to, go on to the Groomer Spotlight. You know what? It is, and it's a great idea. And for people who say it's not worth the money because they've now had no people, you know, contact them. You know what? I have to be honest. I live in Froome, Somerset, and I had a person contact me with all dogs, a show poodle. And they lived in Shaftesbury, and I think I recommended them to go to Philip Langdon or somewhere a poodle breeder because you know what even though I'm on the groomer spotlight I'm not an active groomer I you know work from home I sell equipment I do these podcasts I, I do blogs that's what my primary job is so but I'm there to support the industry and I think it's a great idea and look guys I want you to remember once again there are ways of getting 
your qualifications without having the stress or the anxiety. And also, my heart goes out to the people who did start their sitting guilds and also when they changed the sitting guilds decided to change it around and people were at this level, then they had to do this level to get to that level. I understand it. I get it. And I understand that time flies because like I said in the post the other day, I will sit on my couch in my living room and say to myself and Coleman, you know what? I've got to call mum and dad later. And before you know it, a week's gone by and you haven't called mum and dad. So I totally get it. I really, really get it. But you know what, guys? It's okay. And it's not an attack at people that do not hold a city and guilds because there are, once again, I'm going to say it, a lot of people that do not have qualifications that actually have gone to a great grooming school and who do continue their education. They come to many, many of my seminars because the first thing I do at my seminars, I, I do a quick round the house and say, you know, how many people have been groomed for five years or less, five years or more, 10 years or more, like me, 35 years or more, and how many people are qualified and how many people are not qualified. And it's not to, um, you know, put down anybody. It's just to get an idea of who I'm dealing with in the room and also, you know, you know, where I can aim questions at and so I can help people out more. Um, and you know what? When people have said in posts, there are people out there that have got their qualifications that are not as good as groomers as people that have been grooming for, for 20 years. And you know what? Yes, I totally agree with that. You know what? But once again, we get better as the days go on, don't we? Every single day we do improve and we do have to start somewhere. And you know what? It comes down to, in my opinion, when it comes down to the actual qualification of the education, you have to find the best school who's offering that qualification. Because at the end of the day, um, you know what? When you go to a great school and you come away with that school with a qualification, you've got really good training to back that qualification up. However, I will put my hand up and say I totally um, have seen many schools that are offering qualifications that maybe should not be um, a year school or maybe not offering qualification because you know what it's not fair for the person because you want to be able to back up your qualification with the education what you've been given meaning if i put a westie in front of you on the table i want to see you create a westie cut to a very good standard or at least a dog that looks like it's in a westie cut because I am also, um, you know, I, I I have to be honest, you know what, we do have to understand that we progress. And I always say, is it white like a Westie? Does it look like a Westie? Does it pee up every, every you know, everything it comes across every 10 seconds like a Westie? Then it's a Westie. You know what? So, um, yes, it might not be the perfect Westie Cup, but people do evolve every single day. And that Westie Cup will get better to one day it will be absolutely breathtaking. So, you know what, this is going to be a very, very short podcast because it was literally about that situation I just talked about. But I do want to cover another topic which I put on Facebook yesterday. And I have to say this, when you are looking to be, um, I mean, my God, I have seen worded grooming to a point where I'm really fearful for this industry. Now, so we have holistic grooming which i don't have a problem with fear fee grooming i don't understand it at all force free grooming do not agree with it and i don't really understand it and now 
to put the cherry on top of the cake, consent grooming. So where are we going? Are we going in the direction where we are going to be a bunch of groomers who are going to be bitten because we are pampering and to being too soft with dogs and so on and so forth? You know what? I do have to say, yes, we've come a long, long way over 35 years that I have known of. And back in the day, it was very common for if a dog was naughty to get a smack bottom. Um, and I have to admit and say, you know what? I got a smack bottom too as a kid and I turned out okay. But I also look at look at a smack bottom as a kind of naughty, 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 little tap on the backside and aggressive with um, a person being totally aggressive with a dog and hitting the dog, which is totally out of order. Now, some of you may say, well, Colin, smacking a dog on the bottom is not in order either. And I will have to say to you, well, you know what? We can agree to disagree because, you know, you're probably reading into my wording of a smack bottom because I'm looking at it with a smile, with a smile on my face because I remember when I used to get a smack bottom, as, as the hand came down on my bottom, I used to rear forward so I didn't get quite the hit. Um, <laughs> but um, you know what? When it comes to consent grooming, I have to just say, are you having a laugh? Is this an absolute joke? And um, I think it all comes about when you hear, like on Good Morning England, when they talk about consent with children and babies, like, can I change your nappy? Um, is it okay for, you know, for me to take your hand and cross the road? I mean, come on already. This is getting to a point where it's a little bit of a joke. Our job is to groom a dog, okay? Dogs look for us for guidance. And when we put a dog on the table, that dog is looking for us for the next move. Not us looking to it to ask it, can I turn you around? And believe me, guys, when I tell you, I've been doing this for 35 years. I've been bitten once on the nose because I went to give a dog a kiss. Don't do that. You shouldn't do that. I had a mole removed from my cheek because I went to give a Scotty a kiss. Don't do that. And I've also been bitten a few other times purely because the dogs were aggressive. The other two times, it was my stupidity. But you know what? If we carry on with all this silliness of consent grooming and um, force-free grooming, because in my opinion of force-free grooming is um, grooming without restraints. Now, if you're grooming without restraints and you're finding it easy, then you're lucky. But I bet you, I bet you, if you had a safety aid around that dog's neck so the dog could actually, you know, give you a visual of the haircut you're trying to do, your grooming would be 100% better also. Don't get me wrong and don't read into that because I'm not saying to you just because you do force-free grooming, you're doing crap work. I'm not saying that either. But you know what? I do have to worry about the situation that people are being taught or recommended. And normally, the people that are being taught and recommended that this way of grooming, meaning force-free grooming, are um, young groomers coming into the industry who are trying to find a way to make themselves different. Because let's face it, when you offer one-to-one -one grooming and force-free grooming, that automatically will um, maybe put a red flag in a person's head and say, oh, I never knew, but the other groomers were grooming my dogs with force. And, um, and I think it's totally out of order. 
And I think this is all a play on words. So once again, I will say this. Holistic grooming is great. I don't know if there's a qualification in it, but I know there's day courses or two-day courses, and I think holistic grooming can be a good way of adding something to your um, salon. It could be a incense burner. It could be zen, um, a zen feeling. It could be hot towels. It could be all that kind of stuff. That's what I think about when I think about holistic grooming, making it, um, making the whole experience incredible. But that should be incredible for every single dog, every single salon, regardless. Okay. Um, but I think holistic is, I think it's great. Then we have um, fear free. Well, you know what? Fear free grooming. Um, I don't get it. I think it's stupid. I don't understand the the meaning of the word. Fear, I understand what that means. It means fear is when you have fear in something. Fear free. So um, obviously you're taking a dog that has fear and you're trying to make it as fear free as possible maybe. But wouldn't that come under just gentle handle of dogs or correct handling of dogs? Um, but once again, we have to put a name to it. Okay. Um, then we have force free. You know exactly how I feel about force free. Dangerous, dangerous, absolutely dangerous to have a dog in the bathtub with no neck aid on it whatsoever. Having the dog's head over the bathtub with water dripping onto the floor while you're standing there and using shampoo. And then you get done with the dog. You could walk away and you could slip up and you could hurt yourself or the dog. When I groom dogs, I look at risk assessments, and this is what I look at when I see a dog in the bathtub with no neck aid. It's wet, it's messy, it's dangerous. When you have a dog on a table without a neck aid on, and we're not even talking about groomers, helpers, or belly straps, I'm just talking about a simple neck aid. If you're watching a person who is incredible, who's been in the industry do this, that's one thing. But they're not thinking as they are grooming. When you are a new groomer and you have a dog on the table and you don't have any kind of aid on that dog, you have to think about what you're doing. You have to think about how you pick up your scissors and hold them correctly. You've got to think about where you put that comb. You've got to do so much thinking. You shouldn't have to also think about whether that dog is going to jump off the table next. And if it does jump off the table, is it going to land correctly? Is it going to land on its back and paralyze itself? Or is it going to land on a leg and break it? Those are your three choices. And you know what? The way I look at it, I would love to eliminate all three of them choices and say, you know what? No, my dog's going to stay on the table. So if you have any questions about any of this, feel more than free to contact me. I am all for people going for continuous education, learning how to um, read dogs' body language. I think that is extremely, extremely important. I'm there for people who want to go to education to learn how to groom aggressive dogs or to learn how to, you know, just, you know, handle dogs better. But you know what? At the end of the day, our job is more dog handler than it is grooming. If you can handle a dog incredibly, your grooming will become very, very easy. But if you have any issues and you're have and you've got too much to think about, that's when you grooms don't turn out as good because you're worrying about everything else and you shouldn't have to. So once again, holistic, I think it's great. There's so many things you can use holistic grooming in. And you know what? I think it's a great add-on to your shop. Also, normally nine times out of ten, people are grooming one-to-one. -one, so that also is incredible 
way to advertise you as a groomer holistic groomer one-to-one groomer it's more of a zen situation the dogs enjoy it we all want the dogs to come into our shops with their towels wagging and we want them to come back again and again and again feeling that same happiness way every single time fear-free grooming i think it's a terrible way of um, naming something i think it's really really bad and i don't like it force-free grooming dangerous grooming that's the way I look at it. There's going to be a lot of bit groomers, a lot more bites going on. And actually, I've seen a lot, a lot more bites being put, pushed on um, Facebook Facebook a lot lately. So don't like it. Um, and the last one is consent grooming. Absolutely, in my opinion, ridiculous. I think, you know what? Once again, people have got bored. They've come up with different words. Let's see what other silly words we can come up with, Okay. But consent grooming does put the cherry on the cake. It is absolutely ridiculous. Now, if you are a consent groomer, please, and I will respond with respect because I respect everybody's opinion, please let me know what this means. Because I know what consent means. I know what grooming means. But I want you to tell me what they both mean together. Anyway, I hope that makes a little bit of sense. I love every single one of you guys out there. I love all groomers, even the ones who disagree with me. I think you guys are amazing because you know what? That's how we learn. And if you think that my views haven't been swayed from somebody else's opinion, you're wrong because they have. I listen. I really do think about things. And also, I may have an opinion last year and this year. That opinion may be totally different. So, um, and that's okay too, because we can change our views and the way we think. But anyway, you guys have been incredible. I hope you guys are doing well. And I'm going to give you a quick commercial, then I'm going to say goodbye. Hello again, and welcome to Is That A Dog Here In My Tea? I hope not. This podcast is brought to you by Center Stage Backdrop. How long you last as a dog groomer will largely depend on how fit you are. Every groomer will benefit from using Center Stage Backdrop, the table divider that effectively cuts your grooming table in half, keeping small dogs right at the front of the table, saving your back. Center Stage are the innovators of this device and are always upgrading their products. So those riding on their coattails with their copies are never going to be able to compete with the design and quality that Center Stage brings to you. They are all handmade and measured in the UK and are available at www.center, that is the English way I spell it, C-E-N-T-R-E, centerstagedogs.co.uk. And if you enter Colin Taylor as a coupon code at checkout, you'll get a discount as handsome as the man himself. You only have one back, so isn't it time you start looking after it? Absolutely. Is that great? That is Center Stage Backdrops by the wonderful Katie Book Dowden. Um, once again, a piece of equipment that saves your body. It saves you from having to reach across that table and, and try and keep that dog under control. It is there to help you. It is there to help you. And once again, people, I do not promote 
and um, have problems with people not agreeing with belly straps just because I sell them. I sell them because they serve a purpose. And that is to save your shoulder. Because as we know, as groomers, when a dog sits down, we normally lift the dog up again with our non-scissoring hand. And that's why we have lots and lots of shoulder problems. And you know what? When you've got a dog like a Newfoundland or a German Shepherd or even a Golden Retriever or even a Cocker Spaniel or even smaller, over time, your shoulder will feel the stress from that. Anyway, guys, that's me. I hope you guys have had um, a good time listening to this. I'm sorry it was so negative. I'm just really, really tired of the play on words and you know what, when it comes to qualified. And once again, people that do not have a qualification, meaning City and Guilds, OCN, ICMG, stop calling yourself unqualified because it doesn't mean to say you are unqualified. It just means you don't have a qualification from City and Guilds, OCN, ICMG. But if you've been grooming for 20 years or more or 10 years or more or even whatever it may be and you have a great business and you have a clientele that are happy, good for you. We are all, you know, got to stand up for our own things that we enjoy doing. However, please support people who choose to sing it from the rooftops about what they've accomplished because they should be allowed to do that. Once again, I love you guys all and have a great, great time. And we get some more podcasts out before Christmas. Bye.